What is going on, Commonwealth? And welcome back to another great episode of the Bluegrass Soccer Cast, your home for all things soccer, right here in the beautiful Commonwealth of Kentucky. I'm, of course, your host, Mr. Jimmy. That's Mr. John. John, how are we doing today, sir? I'm good, Jimmy. How are you? I'm good, sir. I'm good. Got to hit us with that random icebreaker question of the day. What is the strangest food you have tried, and then would you try it again? I don't know if it counts as a food, but my middle school youth group did like, um, what was it called? Fear Factor. Like it's oh, that yeah. little thing. And they did foods and mm-hmm. there was a chicken talon. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's pretty, pretty unique. Tastes like chicken. Uh... But I don't know if I would willingly <laughs> eat that again. No. I would not. I would not have even ate it in the first place. Uh, strangest thing I've ever ate. Uh, very similar. So I was an RA in college, and we had like RA Olympics. Uh, the first year, we had uh, for bonus points, you could eat a worm. I did not partake in that because you know, dirty earthworm. No. But the second year, uh, they upped the ante for extra bonus points. You could eat a goldfish, and. Um, and get extra bonus points, so I ate a goldfish. Just filled my mouth with water, dropped it in, and down the hatch like a giant pill. <laughs> Way more information than y'all ever needed to know. But we did have a lot of great information uh, come out in the last couple of days. So, John, let's jump into it by going off the top. Uh, so... Um, I want to spend a lot of time talking about Lexington and your experience and what you saw yesterday. But uh, we did have a little bit of breaking news today out of Lou City um, as they announced that they are recalling uh, Mushigalusa from San Diego Loyal uh, to come back to Lou City for the rest of the regular season. Um, so, John, as you are you know, learning about this, kind of, what are your thoughts on this? I am very, very curious to um, what did um, the loyal really get out of this, if anything? Yeah, we were we were talking about that in like our Discord, right? And I don't think they got anything really. What they I just find basically the... traded away Adams for, I guess, cash allowance. Maybe. What I find the weirdest thing is the fact that he's being recall back and that makes him eligible for playoffs i guess Mm -hmm. that's the only reason they're doing it yeah that's just so weird to me like that ruling is like i don't know i feel like the rules should be a little different but that's just me yeah I, i don't disagree with you i think you know if you're gonna basically trade a player just to have somebody come on loan like there needs to be some some kind of extra incentive for San Diego or any future club, right, that's considering making this kind of a move. Um I mean, I did not keep track of his stats with San Diego, but um I don't know how impactful he was. It didn't seem to be super impactful, right? Otherwise I feel like we would have heard something. I honestly don't know off the top of my head, but I was more meeting um, like from the league's perspective. So I, I don't know if it's the fact that they recalled him before the fin- final game or whatever it is. But like, imagine mm-hmm. you loan someone out to say Hartford, they miss playoffs. You're like, all right, mm-hmm. we'll pull it and bring you back, type thing. Right in terms of playoffs, just for depth or whatever. I feel like that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that feels a bit odd, Um, and I agree with you. I I don't know how I feel about it. It's it's good depth to add this late in the season for Lou City. I mean, he was playing pretty good before he, you know, they made the move for uh, for Adams. But I I don't know what it means outside of they just picked up Adams and now they've got Mushigalusa back. Uh, you know, when wow. we had um, Benton from 
uh, Vamos Marauders, you know, I kind of threw the idea out. Maybe there was some kind of conflict on the team and that's why they sent him away. But, you know, he was very against that idea. Benton was like, no, like there was no chemistry issues or anything like that. So I don't know. It, it seemed like an interesting move at the time. And now coming back, it also seems very interesting. I don't know. It's real weird. I recall of it. Yeah. Um, and then the other big news from yesterday, um, Lexington Sporting Club unveiled their new home uh, stadium. Um, and John, you were actually there at the event to cover it. Kind of what was the vibe like? Talk to us about what uh, what you learned about it and, you know, what, what to expect. Oh, it was very much rich politician vibes. Um, <laughs> outside of, like, team people, it was really just, like, you know, team people, their families were kind of there. There was a one of the youth teams, one of the girls' youth teams was there. Um, but, you know, the mayor was there. Uh, the governor was there, which his speech felt very campaign-ish, but... Um, he is in a, in a campaign season. Yes. So, like, the first two, three minutes was fine, right? They yeah. could talk about how good it is, and then he got talking in about, like, tourism money mm. and all this stuff, yada, yada, which I don't even know how you really calculate tourism money. Like, I, I mean, you could... I mean, so every hotel room, right, you have to give like a permanent address or, you know, the hotels can buy that information from the credit card company or something like that. So it would be very easy for the hotels to say, oh, we had X number of out of town or out of state visitors. And then that's how you could aggregate that information. But how do you figure out the other stuff? Like what? Like uh, like they were saying, this stadium was it was, could bring in tourism and stuff, which it can't. Mm-hmm. How do you measure outside of away fan promo code deals? How do you measure someone from Cincinnati choosing to buy a ticket versus like the scruffs of Knoxville going like may, having a promo code made for them? I don't think it would be that that hard at all. I mean. If you look at, you know, ticketing softwares and stuff like that, like it, they're going to track where you're buying it from, you know, your IP address and, um, you know, where your credit card is registered in, you know, what state and stuff like that. And then you just take that information and, and you kind of make a little bit of an assumption, but, you know, you just go about it and say, well, hey, you know, we're going to. We're going to go on and count this as a a visitor to our state or to our region, and there you go. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But back in terms of the stadium, uh, it is going at the Athens-Boonesboro exit, which no people, they hadn't been doing this for months already and hadn't been announcing this for months. They had announced the training and youth facilities were there. The stadium had not been confirmed for that location until yesterday. Uh, it's going to be initially a 55,000 seats uh, with the ability to expand to 1,000 seats. Uh, it is tentatively set to open in August of 2024. And wow. So it, which is honestly not that far because really they just need to build buildings because state stand people's stands are really easy to build. Yeah, they I'm assuming these are just me metal bleachers kind of a thing, right? Uh no. They're gonna be if you there's one look that is uh in the well, stadium. The, the end goals or the ends the ones behind the stands are going to be um are going to be standing room. At least one of them is. There, from that picture in the middle there, that's from the corner, you can see, uh, if you zoom in or look at one of the social posts, uh, you can see, like, chairs. Like, plastic, cheap little chairs, but chairs. Um, mm, There we go. Yeah. Trying to max out my computer here. There. 
you can kind of see down there. Yeah, so you can see the plastic chairs here. Yeah, and that's honestly not that hard to build all that type of stuff. It looks um, like plastic chairs on this end, at least. I think I also think there's this is one. It's renderings, so like there's really there's only one row of lights. It's only on one side. Mm. If you look at it, so I think there's stuff that this is more of a general idea. It's not like oh, this is exactly what it's going to look like. Because like I was looking up pictures of Lynn family and. It does, especially the stands, to not look exactly like those renderings. Mm. Um, Did they talk the stadium about what did. this building is? They have no that that building, and there's the it's the same on the other end. Um, mm. There, my guess is they're going to be team shops, maybe a bar, restroom, stuff per- like that. Yeah, stuff like that. And that's the thing; it's going to be a lot easier. This is for one. And this goes out to all the people who have never truly lived in a big city like I have. Um, For those that don't know, I grew up four miles from Detroit. Um, 20 minutes is not a long drive. Stop acting like the stadium being 20 minutes outside of downtown, which downtown Lex is on the northern end of Lexington. It's not smack dab middle in the city. So stop acting like that, too. But stop acting like 20 minutes is like the, well, if it was 10 minutes, I would go to a game. It's 20 minutes. I'm not going. You sound so stupid. Yeah. It takes from downtown Detroit is in a corner of Detroit Mm -hmm. to get from one part of that area. It takes a while to, it, it can take a while. And stuff. And yes, I agree there needs to be public transportation, like bus routes and stuff, to be able to go out to the stadium. And that's perfectly fine. He's fine. But it's also, there's nowhere in the city for them to develop, really. Right. Like in the city, like it's pretty landlocked. And especially when, you know, the downtown stadium plans fell through in lieu of a park. I'm still not over that. Um, You know, I think they had no other choice. I'm just kind of zooming in and looking at some of the other buildings. Is this going to be like a like a grocery store? There's plans for there's at least two hotels that are going to be built within yeah. 18 months. One there. There's plans for more. One there. There's plans for restaurants and bars and that sort of thing. And that's another thing. Everyone acts like this stadium's getting placed there, and they're going to build nothing else around it. Mm-hmm. There is plans for development. The city has been has been inching towards that the interstate slowly in terms of development. And it's going to continue to... If you want Lexington to truly urbanize and be a city, this is part of that sort of thing. Very, very few, unless they were built really early on in the city's thing, very, very few modern new stadiums are in the city heart. Because it is just not practical, yeah, to put them in the heart of the city. Like the brand new Braves thing is like 30, 40 minutes outside of Atlanta. They still fill out. Granted, that's the Braves and they're different. A lot of stadiums are not within the grounds. Like Cincinnati is an outlier. Even then, Cincinnati's stadium is kind of on the northern end of downtown. It's very much away from the rest of the stadiums. Absolutely. Uh, and John, I had um, no idea that I was not, that I didn't have that screen on. I was zooming in and looking at things and didn't realize I hadn't turned it on. My bad. You're all good. Um, but it's right next to the youth fields, mm-hmm. um, which is, I, I like that. That's a lot of uh, the European teams that produce, are like the, the youth developers. Do that. Ajax famously does that. The Cruyff Stadium is in the heart of all their youth tra- and training facilities. Um, so it's just it's it's a good. Um, we'll see how it does. We're getting it within a year, hopefully, if all goes to plan. We are miles ahead of where when Lou City got theirs. 
Um, granted, theirs got a bit delayed by the pandemic, but um, they didn't break ground. They didn't announce their stadium until four years after the team had existed. Um, we are um, brain fart. We are ahead of like basically over half the league. Omaha doesn't have a situation figured out. Knoxville doesn't. Greenville doesn't. Like, um, Fuego doesn't. Uh, Madison kind of does. But they want their own. It's just, just, they play it where the university plays, right? No. Brees, no? No. Bree Stevenson is like a high, uh, like it's used for high school stuff and all that type of stuff. Hmm. But like, hmm. and that's the thing I think people don't like get is like we're getting a new stadium that is, to my knowledge, completely privately funded. They are getting tax breaks, yes, but there's no taxpayer money going directly to the stadium. They 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 just won't have to pay taxes on certain things or a certain amount. They will have to pay less tax or whatever. That's how tax breaks work, people. That doesn't mean... Someone tried to tell me that, oh, well, a tax break is us paying for it. I was like, no, that's not how that works. Um, but yeah, it's we'll see what, how that comes along. Yeah, indeed, it was uh, exciting to to see the the renderings and to see uh, the potential design. And and you know, John, you brought up a good point. Like, it's not going to look exactly like this. I didn't even catch that only one side had lights. <laughs> so there will definitely be lights on this second side over here. Um, but yeah, I didn't even think about that. Two video boards, at least you know conceptually, I think that's a good idea. Um, you know, they look to be pretty sta- uh, standard as far as what you would see in any other league one or even usl champion stadium so i was pleased with it um so hopefully you know most fans were also liking what they saw but make sure in the the chat here if you're watching on youtube or if you're you know watching us on twitter uh when we're live put down in the comments like what are your thoughts on it and you know we'll kind of look through those as we go through the show here so let us know what you all think of Lexington's new stadium. Or at least the proposal of it. Um, John, and then the last thing that I wanted to talk about. I just closed the tab. Um, I'll have to reopen it. But is the scenarios for racing Louisville uh, to make it to the playoffs. We talked about it on Monday. That but graphic I wanted to show the graphic. That yeah. graphic they posted made it more confusing than it really is. <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit confusing. Um, let me get it pulled back up here, and then I'll kind of explain it um, as well. Um, it, it's not as... It's more straightforward than what the, the graphic shows. As soon as I can find it. Here we go. I gotta share screen again. This is a great podcast for listening to if you like silence. <laughs> okay. So here we go here. Um man, my computer is tapped out today. So it lays it out in a very unique way, right? And it looks like there are so many things that have to happen, and there's some kind of confusing things, you know, like the biggest thing is racing has to win. That is number one. Racing has to win. But then they need three of the following things to happen. And again, this is just what they need to, that could happen, that should happen this weekend in order for them to make it. They need Angel City to lose or tie with Portland. Need Orlando to lose or tie with Houston. The OL Reign to lose or tie at Chicago. And they need New Jersey to lose, flat out lose, at um, at home versus Kansas City. They need Washington to outright lose to North Carolina. 
or they need North Carolina to lose at Washington and make up the goal differential, which is currently three goals. So this graphic is very confusing. There, there are arrows. I don't well, quite understand this little part here. Like, what, what are we well, doing? Well, that's goal difference. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So basically, here's how it goes. It's all con- it's all based on racing winning their match. Mm-hmm. You will need at least a draw or loss by OL Rain. Yep. Then you need at least a draw or loss by or the Orlando Pride. Now, if they win, you would need a draw. You would need a loss by Washington for sure. And then Angel City has to draw or lose. If Angel Simple, City right? wins, you just need Washington to draw a two lose. So, um, the teams that can't win basically before it gets like uber complicated are Washington and Orlando and OL. Those are the ones you really don't want to win. Yeah. And, you know, we. We looked ahead um, on Monday, but again, just kind of recapping. Sunday, 4 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Eastern. All of these games kick off um, at the exact same time. So take a break from the NFL on Sunday afternoon. Uh, find or pay for or get a free subscription to Paramount Plus. Uh, and watch these games because like... If you want to see racing continue to to do as good as they've done this year, they need a little bit of help, and you got to kind of root for some interesting matchups. Um, but I, I think it's still possible that they make it. Hope, very very hopeful. I hope it doesn't come down to the goal differential with North Carolina, because that means you know they have to make up the difference, and I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to make up that many goals. Yeah. So, but John, we'll kind of use this as a transition point and start talking about uh, or transition to the bottom line where we start diving into these matchups for this week. We'll stick and stay with racing uh, as they are set to travel out to the San Diego Wave. Um, And this is not a giveaway game for the Wave. Um, yes, they have clinched no worse than second, but depending on their results, they can still get the number one seed. Uh, they are currently only one point back of Portland, uh, so a draw for them would not help them. They also need a win if they want first. So I think it's really going to come down to, is San Diego going to be pushing for the one, or is Lou City going to be you know, even more aggressive in just trying to make the playoffs. John, looking at this matchup, what are you seeing? I don't think San Diego is going to be that aggressive. Just because they are secured too, so that means they are guaranteed a buy. They are guaranteed home field besides playing Portland. Um, so I don't think they're going to be going into it like we need a win. Mm-hmm. I still think they're going to play it conservatively. In the, they might play in the playoff mode of don't lose, right? Sort of thing. Um, so we'll see. But it's racing has to go all out. They can't like they can't give up. They have to like give it literally everything they have in the tank in order to win. Yeah, and you know when you're looking at these two teams, they're not far off from each other. Yes, San Diego has got more wins, right? Um, but as far as output on the field, they're not that dissimilar. They've both scored uh, more than 25 goals, and they've both only allowed 22. Now, the biggest difference is uh, San Diego has scored more at 29 than Racing Louisville's 25. And that's the difference. They've just been able to capitalize a little bit more. But when you've got a team filled with World Cup All-Stars and, you know, 
players that played important roles with their national teams, you'd think they'd be able to finish as well, right? Yeah. So I'm really looking at this one as a really close match. Um, I think, you know, San Diego may do a lot of scoreboard watching for the, um, oh, for the Portland game and Portland is on the road at angel city. So, you know, if you're a Louisville fan, you're kind of rooting for Portland (laughs) in that one. Um, One second. I have to, yeah. I have something. You can keep talking. You're good. Um, so if you're looking at the scenarios for both teams, right? Um, Portland playing Angel City, big matchup, you know, West Coast matchup. Um, I think that Portland is going to be able to really push Angel City around. They've been able to do um, with really that exception they've played against Louisville. Um, which was here, right? Um, so I'm really hoping that Portland doesn't let off the gas, still wants to play for the Shield and and get the number one seed. I hope that that means something for them, because if it doesn't, and we go back to the the wacky scenarios that you know we were talking about a little bit ago, um, Angel City needs a win to get in, but if they lose or tie with Portland, Louisville still got a chance. So. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. I really do think that both teams uh, are going to be scoreboard watching in that one. If Portland gets up to zero in the first half, I definitely think the second half San Diego is going to pull back on their starters. And then I think Louisville is really going to have a strong chance um, to, to put another one or maybe their first goal on uh, San Diego. But, I think it's just an interesting day. I'm glad that everybody's playing all at the same time. It makes it a lot more exciting, a lot more entertaining, to say the least. Um, But I'm just really looking forward to it. When, you know, you're kind of thinking about the rest of the matchups, O.L. Reign currently the last team in with 29 points, three points clear, of uh, racing Louisville, but they currently have a worse goal differential. So in their matchup um, with the Chicago Red Stars, I think that's going to be fascinating as well. When you're looking at Chicago, who is bottom of the table with only 24 points, they're not that far off. Yes, they've allowed (laughs) 47 goals this year, but they've been playing better. Uh, this last stretch of the of the season, right? And as racing Louisville fans, we know that we saw that uh, in action when they were playing us when they beat racing, right? So I wouldn't immediately guarantee the OL Reign are going to win just because they're playing the bottom team in the league. John, everything all right over there, my friend? Yeah, sorry, I just had a no, you good? Wor- oh, co- a work phone call. Ah, life happens, my friend. No problem. I was just kind of talking about how, you know, even with OL being in right now, they're playing Chicago, who's not playing awful right now. And see, that's the thing. I don't think any team is going, even the ones that are technically statistically out of it, I don't think any of them are going to roll over. Right. I honestly don't. I mean, Chicago Um, in their last home match of the season, like, they're not going to give that up. No, they're not. So we'll see. Honestly, yeah. Um, but racing, like the thing with all this, is racing has to win. They can't. There's literally no other like, oh, let's hope for this, let's hope for that. If they don't, they have to win. Yep. That's all that matters right now. Absolutely. Nothing else matters if you don't win. So. Well, John, let's transition a little bit and talk about uh, Lexington. Um, as they are set for their last game of the season. Um, oh, there it goes. Uh, last game of the season on the road at the Greenville Triumph on Saturday at 6 Central, 7 Eastern. Um, when you're looking at these two teams, they're both going kind of opposite directions, at least in the standings, right? You know, Lexington 
out of the playoffs. Greenville solidly in uh, four points clear of sixth place Madison. Greenville's on a pretty good tear. They've gotten points in four out of their last five, uh, while Lexington has only gotten three draws out of their last five. John, when you're looking at this, what are you going to look forward to in this matchup the most? Um, well, this is going to be interesting because, one, I don't think Lex is just going to roll over in this. We could no way. We could do something where we play because we're going to be down Mane and Tariq. So we could do something where we play younger players possibly or it's like a more of a showcase for guys who might not have played as much. Um, but Greenville is, um, very much needing a win. Well, actually they don't technically need a win. Um, because they're they have playoffs. In. They have playoffs. They've clinched playoffs. What they, if they want to do anything, they need a win to, in this case, play host Charlotte instead of going to Charlotte. Yeah. They would just flip-flop those two matchups. Yeah. And that's that's all based on Charlotte's results too. Uh who's playing Tormenta who's also who's desperate for a win. So it's just going to be interesting to get in still. Yes. So it's going to be real interesting. I could see Greenville kind of half doing it as well cuz like here's my thing. It's the difference between a home and away playoff game and looking at the table uh, in terms of home teams, Greenville's not that good at home. Charlotte is good at home. Um, But in terms of away, Greenville's really good away. Charlotte's not good away. So it's like both the current thing would be like play the both of their strengths. Charlotte at home, Greenville at home. Flipping it plays the kind of both of their weaknesses. They're both Charlotte's not good on the road. Greenville's not the best at home. Um so if I'm Greenville, I'm honestly might be more okay with playing them on the road. Um but it's but my thing is it's really it's just gonna be interesting to see how they go about it are they wanting a home playoff game or because it would be their only one if they win unless miracles type stuff yeah, happens upsets happen right yeah uh, because you would be the lowest home home team um well no because if they're at home and they win they would go on the road yeah, to the number one seed, right? If assuming they're yeah. the lowest seed remaining. Well, yeah, assuming they're the lowest seed remaining, they're either going on the road to one or two, and then if miracles happen, like Host five or championship, or like game. six wins, then if or six somehow beats, if six somehow beats three, that would be the championship. If six somehow beats three, and then six somehow beats one, or yeah, one. Um, then there, there's their chance of hosting. So it, to me, it's what's more important: playoffs as a whole or home field advantage. I think playoffs as a whole because you have it locked. You're a point behind Charlotte, so like you can take a draw type thing. It's gonna be curious as how they play. And Lex, both sides are coming into this with kind of destinies locked. Like they can't change their destiny, so it'd be it's going to be interesting. Yeah, like they they know who they're playing, they just don't quite know where they're playing, right? Uh, yes. For their final matchup. And, well, Greenville, no, yeah, they know who they're playing. Yeah, sorry, you're good. Um, and looking <laughs> at the two matchups this season, right? Um, I believe both of them were in yeah in Lexington, right? Uh, the Triumph won the first one back in June. And then Which we had they we went down and Lex went down with a red card in like the twenty fourth minute or whatever. So we were okay. playing down down a man basically that whole game. I and absolutely lied. Their, it was April. Yeah, and they didn't get their second goal until basically stoppage time again. So it was yeah. like 
garbage time goal type thing. So that's that one is, to me is more of a one zero loss than a two zero loss. And then when you look at the other matchup at the very beginning of September, September the first, it was a one one draw. So this is not a match that Lexington should go in being like, ah, well, about to lose this one. You know, it's not like you're playing. And they're going to be going in for revenge because Greenville got that like 97th minute equalizer type thing. Yep. Right in your face, right? Yeah. It's going to be real interesting. That's all I keep it can say. It's because I don't know how either side's going to go into this. Um, I was trying to talk. I talked with Nacho a bit, but we more talked about the season. Mm. Um, but he's like, he from everything I got on Nacho yesterday was that they're going to try to win. Like I think he wants to get a win as a coach. So, oh, facts. Like I'm sure he absolutely doesn't want. I mean, if he, I'm assuming he wants to be the permanent coach, right? I don't know if you could argue. Uh, really? I don't know. Well. I think all of us have said this is a thing as a head coach, but I don't know if he has put his name in that pot. Because mm. he, listen, he's the interim coach because he was the first assistant. Right, and I thought like, Stockley's whole thing was he wanted to get his, his guy a shot at it. Yeah, let me double check the press release. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was like, oh, he's like... It could happen, but they didn't like. It's not not in the sense of like if he's like he's gonna be gone if it's not right. Like he'll still yeah. be with the academy or something, right? I think he'll still be like the first assistant, mm-hmm. if not, or oh, that depends on what coach you bring in. Assistant. Yeah, I was gonna say like that. that makes he'll sense still be like the U. Tricky. He'll still be. He'll still be like the U twenty three coach. Mm. Which you know. There is a, a little bit of, of rumor that I've heard that they could very easily be having it their own U23 team competing in a, a certain league um, in Kentucky, but um, I haven't heard firm final answers yet, so I don't want to not put anything out there in the, the world, just a rumor that I had heard. So we'll see. So maybe you know Nacho closes out this season, takes over that team, if it even exists. Who knows, right? But, so, reading through the press release. Yeah, it doesn't mention anything about like Nacho, Nacho like possibly being the next one, mm. because it goes like interim head coach, um, but then it talks about. More, it's more Stockley leaving, and why he's stepping down and stuff like that. Like looking for the next head coach. I think this is more like we, like fans, have come up with the narrative that it's like a te- trial run for him. Okay, so we'll see. Um, he yeah. hasn't done bad per se. So no, but like I think you would want as an organization, right, and as a coach, you would want your last win to be the last game that you play, right? Like, even if it's for a championship oh, yeah. or just to close out your season. Because, John, unless I'm wrong, was their last win against Richmond back on August 26th? Um, they are on a long stretch of <coughs> unbeat, of uh, winless. Um, yes, that is their last one. They are on a wow. seven-match Winless or winless streak. Granted, four draws in there. So yes, it's not like they've been beaten badly. Yeah, so we'll see. Well, it should be an interesting matchup um, down in Greenville, and I hope for once we can finally close out uh, a match with Greenville, and we can prove that we are Lexington. We are the superior green team. In Greenville, y'all need to go and move on somewhere else. Y'all can go down to League Two or something. Because Lexington Green over Greenville. Anything in Greenville. Anyways, uh, 
John will close out today and, and talk about uh, our Lou City. Uh, They're still in the same spot they've been in for, I don't know, what feels like a month or more at this point, John. Um, fifth place, uh, two points back now of Memphis out of fourth. Um, as they are headed to a pivotal matchup this weekend, hosting Tampa Bay. It's a blackout um, Saturday night, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. Um, so if you're going to the game, uh, make sure that you're wearing black. They're going to be wearing the new kits again. You know, we kind of talked and bemoaned about that in our, our last show about how it just seems like a little bit of a cash grab. But hey, if you're not going to host a playoff game, got to get the money somehow, right? Um, so I, I, the first thing that I want to say about this matchup in this game, Tampa Bay is really good. And Lou City is pretty good. So if you are thinking about going to a, a Lou City game, you haven't gone yet, this is one that you need to go to. This is going to be probably the best that Lou City can get in their stadium right now, right? That's not a preseason game against Cincinnati or something like that, right? Like, this is a huge matchup. Like, all the bells and whistles. Like, this was college football. This would be, um, you know, Alabama and Texas playing. Like, it is that level of, of competition and that level of uh, – stakes on the line right so again kind of going through the scenarios lucidity has to win against tampa that's it that's the only shot they have of um making it above memphis and they may not that may not even that take may last for about 48 more hours because Memphis actually plays on the road on Friday night at New Mexico, uh, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern, uh, for that matchup. So, Lou City fans, Friday night, when you get home from Friday night football, whether you're at St. X, Trinity, whoever, right, um, click on the ESPN Plus and check out what's going on in that Memphis game. If Memphis wins, they get fourth. And immediately book your your trip down um, to Memphis because it is a very easily travelable trip. Uh, you can stop down in Bowling Green and say what's up on your way by. Uh, <laughs> I have other plans this weekend; otherwise, I would be going. Um, and you know, just enjoy that experience. Go down there and let's mess some stuff up for Memphis. But in this matchup with Tampa before we get too far down the road, right? John, what are you looking forward to the most in this matchup between these two behemoths within uh, the USL championship? So, quite simply, Lou needs to win. They want any shot at home field advantage or a home field match. Um, it'll be interesting with Tampa because they're kind of locked into their, their position where they're at on the table. And it's, again, it's this case of playing for the um, playoffs versus playing to win. Um, <coughs> because, you know, they're, yeah, they're, Tampa's locked. They're not, there's no way they can jump Pittsburgh. There's no way Charleston can jump them. So I think Tampa might cruise this game Agreed. and kind of rest some key guys. Backup keeper might be in, or they could be playing it for playoff mode, like let's get into playoff mode and stuff like that. Um, whereas Lou needs like a win to if they want to host at all, any chance of it. So we'll see, really. Well, in, in Tampa, in their last five, two wins, two losses, and a draw. So very even across the board, right? Um, but that's the exact same thing that Lou City has had. <laughs> so neither team is coming in hotter or colder than the other, right? Uh, when you're looking at the stats and you're breaking it down, uh, Tampa Bay has scored so many more goals than Lou City. 
57 goals for Tampa to only 39 for Lou City. Goal differential for Tampa plus 20, and it's negative two for Lou City. Um, so Tampa's got a very potent offense um, that they're bringing into this. And I, I don't know if Lou City has the horses to compete with that. No pun intended for Kentucky. Um, you know, looking at all the categories, every single one of them favors uh, Tampa, except for like goal assist. Like, yeah, we have four more goal assist than they do, but mm-hmm. it, it it's looking like it should be a blowout, but it's at home. We got a lot on the line, potentially, right? So I'm hopeful, but I've been hopeful all season, and we've seen where that's gotten us, right? When you know, kind of flipping the the script a little bit and looking at that Memphis matchup, right? Um, they are at New Mexico. New Mexico is in eighth place out west now, so they've gotten in, but they're only three points clear of eleventh um, because Oakland is one point back in ninth. Uh, Monterey Bay is two points back in tenth, and Rio Grande Valley is three points back in 11th. So they need a result from that match. And if they draw, for example, if Memphis and New Mexico draw, that leaves the door wide open for Lou City to get in. But, uh, well, that goal differential, never mind. (laughs) The goal differential is positive nine for Memphis, negative two for Lou City, as I just said. So never mind that. New Mexico, we need you to win. Black and gold, baby. Uh, what was that song back in the day? Black and yellow? All day. Just on repeat, Lou City fans, play it all day Friday. Uh, we're all going to be cheering for New Mexico in that match. But Yes, we are. John, any kind of you know final thoughts here on Lou City before we kind of... We'll go back through all the matchups and we'll do predictions... Um, but any final thoughts on the Lou City Tampa match? Just like every other case, they gotta win. Yep, Just need a win. Yep. And you know there there is some shenanigans that could happen. You know if they lose and Indy wins, it, they would they would fall to six. So mm-hmm. that would uh, hmm. that would not be good. I think in the end, and we'll start here with with predictions. I think in the end, um, racing is going to come out and play, or not racing. I apologize. Uh, Lou City is going to come out and play the best that they can. Um, I think Tampa is going to play their second team, uh, and I'm going to go final score one one draw uh, for Lou City and Tampa. John, what say you? I think it'll be a two to one win mm. for Lou City. Uh, like a 2-1 hang-on victory or a 2-1 late winner or how you feel? I can't tell you. I think I think Lou City's going to win it. I just don't think they're going to shut out. Um, they're going to shut out Tampa. Yeah. When So on Friday night, Memphis and New Mexico, how do you think that one's going to go? Um. I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't know enough about either team to really make a judgment, but I want, I'm going to say 1 0 New Mexico just because that's what we need. Yeah. Because it is what we need. And like looking at how much better New Mexico has been down the road or down the stretch, I should say, um, I think they're just in a, a little bit better of a situation. It's at home, long trip for Memphis, right? Um, I think New Mexico is going to win that one nothing, which then gives us Memphis at um, racing. Oh, dang it, I keep doing that. Memphis at Lou City uh, on next weekend. It would be next weekend. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> bumping back to to Lexington, John, final matchup of the year versus the Greenville Triumph. What say you for a final score prediction? I'm going to say 1-0 Lex. All right. Well, now we're exactly the same because that's what I was going to say. 
Uh, I think Greenville's, you know, going to wrap it up. I don't. They don't have a whole lot to play for. They might play their starters in the first half, pull them for the second, um, just to spice things up a little bit. I'll go two one. I'll say that the Lexington Player of the Month uh, for all of the USL League One, Duve. Um, I think he scores a late winner, similar to what he did against NoCo. And then finally, we'll close out uh, this portion today with Racing Louisville um, as they head out to San Diego. Final thoughts on what that one or how that one will shake out. I'm really hoping Racing goes into this and San Diego kind of backs off. So I'm thinking 2-0 Racing. I like it. I like it. Um, I will go. I have a heart and I have my head answer. I'm going to go with my heart answer. One zero racing Louisville, uh, a, a stunner in the last three minutes of stoppage time or something like that. Um, and then John, when you're looking at all of the playoff scenarios, I just think it might be too much for racing to get in. There's one too many scenarios to get them in. So I'm going to say they get the victory, but unfortunately still fall short of making the playoffs. John, do you think they will magically make it into the playoffs? I think they can. They can. It, there's a lot of factors that can get them in, but I think they can because a lot of it is um, relying on other stuff, yeah. but I still think they can get in. Absolutely. Um, All right, John. So with that, we'll kind of shift to our kind of weekly college updates. Uh, We'll bring back next week the full breakdown of all the teams and stuff like that. Um, Just kind of briefly want to go over some rankings. U of L men have fallen out of the top 25 of the NCAA rankings, but uh, UK women are still in, uh, still at 18 for the second week in a row. Um, so mm-hmm. very excited to see them. Um, John, did you note any other of our teams in D2 or D3 or anything like that? Uh, D2, D3, nothing. Uh, NAIA men's side, Lindsey Wilson is at fifth. Union is at 17th. Uh, Union's got to get up. Union, y'all, come on. Y'all are way Union too good to be that low. They're undefeated, unblemished. Like, I have never rooted for a team that I didn't even know existed until a few months ago so hard. Cumberland's is at 20th. And then, oh, let me just double check. All right. And then on the women's side of NAIA, if it wants to pull up for me, um, the women's side, Cumberland's remains at third. Uh, and that is it. Campbellsville is, has been getting votes, and they're just outside the top 25. But, yeah, there you go. Awesome, awesome. Um, John, let's do our um, – or what's the word I'm looking for? College Cup, or our BGSC College Cup. Uh, very similar top five. I don't think anybody moved around um, except for at fifth. Um, U of L has fallen. U of L men have fallen out of the top five, and we have a new fifth place team. Welcome to the leaderboard, Center College women. Uh, they are currently sitting at eight wins, one loss, four ties on the season, with one in-state victory for a total of thirty-one points. Right above them is the University of Cumberland's women, who are nine wins, zero losses, two ties. And one interstate win, which gives them 32 points. Uh, Campbellsville men um, coming in at third with nine wins, three losses, one tie. And with a two wins, one loss record in the state for a total of 34 points. Number two, University of Kentucky women, eight wins, zero losses, five ties, two interstate wins. 34 points. Now they get the tiebreaker over Campbellsville men because Campbellsville men have a loss on the season uh, in that interstate matchup. So I moved UK women above them for staying uh, unbeaten. But then the champs, they got to the top, and I don't think they're going to be looking down anytime soon. Uh, Union College men are an impressive 
11 and 0, 4 and 0 against interstate opponents for a total of 45 points. They are uh, what is that? 11 points clear of the UK women. Um, so it is very much looking like Union College. We got a trophy coming for you if you know we can hang on, right? Uh, <laughs> so very excited to see them uh, do as well. Congratulations to all the top five. Uh, we did have a team get their first win of the season. Um, congratulations to uh, Brescia men. They got their first win um, this past week, so they're off the, the schneid. That leaves only one team left in the state with no wins so far, and that is Kentucky Christian women. So very much rooting for them to get a victory this year. Nobody wants to go winless. I did that in high school football my junior year. I can tell you how painful it is. So we are rooting for you all. And, uh, yeah, congratulations to Union College men. Y'all keep keep rocking. Yeah. Um, then in the golden boot and golden glove, um, uh, Union is kind of all over this, but in terms of golden boot, Callum Edwards has 18 goals and one assist on the year. For the Union men, uh, Yonslin Alvarez of Boyce College. Yonelson, he played for BGFC. Uh, he has twelve goals and three. Let's assists. go, yo boys. Jaden Bolter of University of Cumberland Women's. She has eleven goals with five assists. Uh, and then Isabel White of Transy Women. Uh, she has still nine goals from the last update and five assists. And then Angela Key of Campbellsville University Women has nine goals as well, but three assists. That's why Isabel is just ahead of her. In terms of Golden Glove, Christian Altser remains on top with 90 saves. Uh, Kyla Simmons of Berea is now number two at 79. Uh, Ashibi Greenwell of Brescia is at third now of, with 73. And then Chiara Isanto of Union Women is at 72 with three shutouts with Royce Henderson of Kentucky Christian Women also at 72 saves with zero shutouts. Awesome. Love love to see that. Um, we need to get... Um, oh, that's the golden boot. Uh, we need to get some help for um, Altser out of um, Kentucky Christian Men. He has 90 saves and zero shutouts. We need some defensive uh, players, please. Kentucky Christian men. Well, Your guys Christian, going both off. Both teams need defense. <laughs> Fast. Both, both of their goalkeepers are in the top five. That's true. I just noticed it. Yeah. Um, so if you're a defensive player in high school and you want to go somewhere and make an impact next fall, it seems like a great place. They need some help. Um. But John, with that out of the way, any parting shots for uh, for today? Uh, no, I'm all good. Uh, I, I did. Know. Oh, before I forget, um, you were, you are, or were on a I podcast? Was. Yeah. Yes. Uh, talk I about was. That. I was a guest for One League Under the Sea, which is the protagonist soccer's podcast um, that covers USL one. Um, it's with Josh Reuter and Dan Creel host that, um, those who don't follow me on Twitter, uh, I do some writing with writing is questionable right now, but I do, uh, picks, I do like weekly picks with them during the week and type stuff. So I'm just kind of like a fringe person with them right now, but they brought me in. Uh, they had Tyler on earlier in the year, but they brought me in more just to talk about the team for this year and also just my thoughts and opinions on the league as a whole. Nice. <laughs> uh, where can folks listen to that one? Uh, they're on all platforms, to my knowledge. Uh, the stuff they post is through Spotify, though. Roger, roger. Well, make sure to go to support John. Go support the, the their podcast, One League Under the Sea, um, because it was a it's a pretty good episode. So with that all out of the way, we'll kind of wrap things up for today here. Um, 
as always, we appreciate anyone um, supporting the channel. We have a biased coffee account. If you'd like to, to donate to the show, the QR code always lives right above my shoulder here, as well as we'll throw it up on the big slide here on the screen. Um, any and all donations, of course, really help support the show and help us grow in a multitude of ways. Um, we also uh, have a lot of good social media content. Well, I try really hard, at least. Uh, <laughs> make sure that you're following us on all our social media channels, uh, Instagram, X, TikTok, uh, YouTube. All of that is at BG Soccer Cast. And make sure to listen to us on all your favorite uh, podcasting platforms as well. You know, your Spotify's, Google, YouTube, Apple, iHeartRadio, and so many more. When you're on those pages, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share it with as many uh, patrons as you can as we're trying to help grow our platform here. But with all of that, I'm Jimmy, that's John, and we will see you on the next 